to the CHGO Bears podcast. What is going on? It is a sunny side summer Friday here at CHGO, and it's also, of course, a CHGO Audible Day. We'll do it. Nicholas Moriano back again. We are 50 days away from the season. Mike Singletary days away from the Chicago Bears kicking off this season. Nick, I'm not going to like dilly-dally around during this intro today because we have a lot to get into here today, but how's it going? It's going good, Will. Like you said, we have a lot of players to talk about. I'm looking forward to seeing our one-sense recaps that we have for each guy, and we'll continue going forward with the show. Yes, so Nick just alluded to it. Typically, Nick, we do Countdown to Camp. We've been doing that for six years, seven years, and unfortunately, this is the first year we didn't have that series, that positional preview series, so we thought it would be fun to squeeze it all into one episode, and we're going to talk about 90 players and one show to get you ready for Chicago Bears training camp. At least you'll know the names, maybe a little bit of a factoid about them, what our thoughts about this player uh, will be heading into training camp, and I'm excited for this show. And before we get to that, Nick, I know there's a couple of items that came out just after yesterday's episode that we want to hit on. And first and foremost, Justin Fields in the NFL Top 100. The Bears have a QB in the NFL Top 100. Like, is, is this real life? It is real life, Will. Um, and you know, just to see just to see that video come out yesterday, I think it was refreshing. I don't know when the last time the Bears have actually had a quarterback in the top 100, but uh, when you have guys like Nick Bosa saying, you know, I think he his throwing ability is going to keep getting better. He's probably the best running quarterback I've seen. Like those are look, it's it's almost not surprising because we heard it all last season from every opponent the Bears played that Justin Fields is a problem. So. It's going to be nice to see him debut, hopefully, on July 24th when the the first 10 players of the list get uh, announced. It makes me proud. I mean, the Bears had the first overall pick. They finished with the worst record in the league, and yet their QB is voted amongst the players and coaches in the top 100. I think there's a lot of respect for Justin Fields and should instill some confidence in Bears fans. Is my quality okay, by the way? I, I saw someone saying I looked a little ick. But you look I, like had you're this uh, before. on the unlike an old windows, you know, maybe. Uh, so how about kind this? Of a... Real quick, you talk about the next thing about Justin Fields real fast. I'm going to bounce in, bounce out because I fixed it last time. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And like Will just said, um, as soon as Adam and I were, were done with yesterday's podcast, all this Justin Fields news comes out or video clips. And the next one we want to share is um, again, with the, it was uh, some clips that were shared by a CBS and uh, Justin Fields' interview, and I think we have the audio. And Will, you look perfect. You look clear, still clear, back in 2023, and not like the early 2000s. Hooray! All right, cool. So what did I miss? You talked about the 4,000 yard aspirations yet? Yeah, we're actually going to get to the the video clip right here, and we're going to let this play and hear what Justin Fields has to say. The Bears have been around for a hundred years. They've never had a quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards. Yeah. We believe you're going to be in Chicago for a long, long time. Will you break that record? I will. Ah. I plan on doing it this year, too. Woo! I plan on doing it this year. See, like, I, at first I saw the tweet. I was like, okay, he, he believes he can beat the Bears' single-season passing record, and I believe he can, too. And then I watched the video, and I heard the, the this year part, and boy, like, was my grin from ear to ear. And Justin Fields is a humble dude. Uh, that's the one thing I've known about him really since the QB one on Netflix when he was in high school. And I don't think that's really changed. And for him to 
say that, I believe him in terms of like, that is his goal. He believes it's obtainable. And just like I mentioned earlier with like fields being voted in the top 100 should instill confidence in bears fans. I think if you heard or saw that clip, yeah, that should be another reason why you should be excited for this upcoming season. If you're a Chicago bears fan, because having your QB believe in that and having a bears quarterback believe that, because that's been a huge thorn in the side of the franchise. And you know, he wasn't a part of it, but he can change it. I'm excited, Nick. Yeah, and again, just answering it, I will. And obviously it says this season, but also I think indicates what maybe Justin Fields it knows about this offense going into year two of it, that there's maybe going to be more of a passing component in it. Obviously they're going to run the ball, but there's going to be more of an emphasis to get that passing game on par with the rest of the league. And if they can do that, use these weapons, then maybe Justin Fields will flirt around that, that number. But if he can, you know, just honestly get over 3000, somewhere in the mid 3000s, like that's going to be a big improvement too. But let's see if he can strive for 4,000. Like you said. Okay. Well, I think you have one other thing we need to get to before we talk about 90 players, make it quick, Nick. Yeah, really quickly. Um, just again, going through the news real quick, the Jaguars and bears, uh, according to Jeremy Fowler, have inquired about free agent corner Arthur Mallett. Um, again, a smaller corner, maybe for for depth there. But if you're watching the YouTube channel, he had 59 tackles, two sacks, and interception last year. And again, this is probably be a camp body if he were to come to the Bears and just add to the overall room. You know, Kendall Vildor is not a, a starter anymore. You have some of these other DBs. It's a crowded room right now. But again, they're inquired about the free agent. So we'll go with that and continue on with the scheduled program. All right, back to our scheduled programming here. And speaking of DBs, they're up first. So how we did this, we went to the Chicago Bears website, sorted by position groups. And now those position groups, I think, are alphabetical order. So that way, you know, they're aligned by position. It was just an easy way for Nick and I to easily reference these players and keep them in an order without having to do a back and forth of actually ordering all 90 Bears players. So let's go in the defensive backs room. And first up is... Josh Blackwell. For Josh Blackwell, who played a lot of snaps last year for the Bears as undrafted free agent, I want to see what his mentality is like, as well as like, can he still thrive in this continued underdog role? Like, that's my big one for Blackwell. I think for me, it's like, how can he show continue to show improvement now that he's probably going to have a little bit less reps when you have Kyler Gordon, more of that nickel corner, played a lot of special teams. So see if he can continue being a key special teams uh, contributor and uh, training camp is going to be huge for him. And yeah, we're rapid fire, but real quick, I see Peanut down here. Give us a like, the thumbs up. I'm wearing my Peanut Punch shirt. I think that's worth a thumbs up uh, as, it, as it is. And my wife, by the way, on my way down, so I was wearing this and she's like, man, they don't make them like Peanut anymore. And she's so damn right. They really yep. don't. So if anything, click the thumbs up for the Peanut Punch shirt. Up next, Jaquan Briskard. One thing I want to see in camp out of him and one of my questions is, his run support positioning and finishing last year. There's a lot of times where he got there, but he was unable to finish. And once the pads come on, I want to see if he can finish. And before their pads are on, can he continue to be in those right positions? Cause he left so many tackles for loss on the table. I want to see him finish this year. That's a, that's a good point there. Well, for me, I just want to see him continue to get better in his, his coverage, uh, just getting in, in and out of his backpedal, moving his hips right and putting himself in really advantageous angles that you'll see a lot from Eddie Jackson. So just getting better as, as a coverage player and being able to be in the position, like you were saying, but this time just covering those receivers. All right. How about McCone? I think that's how you pronounce it. Clark. 
uh, undrafted free agent, crowded room. It's a simple question for me. Can he make enough buzz to stick around even on the practice squad? Yeah, and then for me, it's very similar. It's like, what can you do outside of your actual positional group to to make an impact on his team? Can you do something on special teams that's going to allow Richard Hightower to maybe want to keep you on that side of the ball? All right. How about Adrian Colbert? Uh, he is on his 10th team now since being drafted in round seven in 2017. He spent the last two months of last season on the Bears practice squad. With a guy who's moved around so many teams, I just feel like he's so transient. Uh, and I just want to see if he can, I guess, stick around. Yeah, I think for me, like in this training camp, can he make enough big plays to even put himself in contention to be you know, a backup to even Elijah Hicks right now. And so it's like, how many opportunities is he going to have? And can he make those opportunities count? What about Kyler Gordon? You go first. Yeah, for me with Kyler Gordon, I just want to see how comfortable he feels at that nickel position and just what he kind of looks like just playing exclusively there. I'm sure they're going to mix him up, but just what he kind of looks like fluid wise and just how much more comfortable he is reading his keys. That was a big thing for him. That's a great point there, Nick. For me, it's more simple terms, but can he thrive as an exclusive slot corner? And on top of that, do we see him do any work outside throughout training camp? Mm -hmm. I want to see if he only lines up in the nickel spot or if they do still have him playing outside. And if so, like, what does that mean? But for the second year player, having some position, I know versatility was an asset for him last year, but security and able to focus on one should do him. Uh, a lot of good. Let's move on to Elijah Hicks. The one thing I really appreciated out of Elijah Hicks last year was his ability to seem like he was always around the football. And you saw that at Cal too. He had like 28 tackles last year, primarily played on special teams, a little bit on defense towards the end of the year, especially after the Eddie Jackson injury. But can he help the Bears mitigate the loss of DeAndre Houston mm -hmm. Carson? I think for me, that's the biggest question. And really the one thing I want to see him do is step up into that kind of role on the third phase and that first guy off the bench if needed in that in that safety room. For me with Elijah Hicks, there was a lot of plays where he was on the negative end on a, a big passing play for Justin Fields and, and DJ Moore, this training camp OTAs. In training camp, can he start making his own plays and be he's in position? Now it's about finishing. Can we see Elijah Hicks finish some of these plays so that you feel comfortable when he's out there going into year two of his NFL career? What about Eddie? Jackson, what's your one line, one question? What's the big thing about Eddie Jackson this season? How good can Eddie Jackson be? I, we saw his tweet or yesterday where he's saying that he's going to have one of the best years from a safety. I want to see how how well how good can Eddie Jackson be? Can return to 2018 form? I think he's still got that capability, but that's going to be my overall question for Eddie Jackson going into his seventh season. There we go. It's, I, we've been talking about Eddie Jackson for quite some time now. I just want to know, can he pick up where he left off and take another mm -hmm. step back in a good way? So forward, but backwards for Eddie Jackson. Back to what we saw back in like 2018, but forward compared to what we've seen over the last few seasons. But what I saw last year, super promising. I want him to stay healthy, put together a full year and, and just put it all together, remind people why he is an all pro level player in this league let's go to another starter jalen johnson uh just a couple things one can he prove worthy of a contract extension here in chicago get more of that ball production and on top of that can he stay healthy uh in his first three seasons 13 games 15 games 11 games he hasn't had a full year yet throughout his career 
I think for me with Jalen Johnson, it's been the question about him this entire time since the Bears draft him. Can he create turnovers? We know he can cover guys. You know he's a good corner when he's out there. Can he make those impact plays that Eberflus, this Alan Williams are really looking for in a defensive back? So for Jalen Johnson to help him get that new contract, can he create turnovers this season? It's a big question. <laughs> Hopefully history's not much indication there, and he can turn that around. Jalen Jones, Nick, how about you? I think for me with Jalen Jones, again, limited opportunities, going to have limited opportunities in this season, but how does he utilize the opportunities that he does get to just show that he's improved as an overall corner? We saw some times where he was picked on in that Vikings game, but what can he show to, you know, Alan Williams, the DB's coaches that he can still be an impact player in, on the back end of things if he's, you know, asked to play any significant minutes. But for Jalen Jones, how do you get better with limited reps? That's a really great question. For me, Jalen Jones and Josh Blackwell are just in a very similar mm -hmm. bucket. Guys who did not get drafted last year came in, had to play significant stamps, did not play terribly, by the way, for especially given their lack of experience, no draft position. Very impressed by both players, but how can they adapt to this more crowded room and prove their worth to stay around on the active roster and not get demoted over to our practice squad? I think that's the big one for both of these guys. What, what about Michael O? How about that? Can I just say Michael O? Or do you want to take a stab at OJ Moudier? OJ Moudier, yeah, from Moudier. Uh, Iowa. Damn. Iowa went played for Denver. But I think I for me, like, uh, he was a guy that was getting some first-string looks, some first-team looks. And how long does that last for Michael OJ Moudier? What can he do to stay in that group, stay in contention, to be flirting around with, you know, being a potential starter? But obviously, I think Tyreek Stevenson has that role. But for Michael OJ Moudier... Like this is now year five, I believe. I think this is a guy that needs to really prove that he can uh, make some plays if he wants to stay on this team. Yeah, I think he was a third round pick 2020. And then he had a, he started actually as a rookie. And then in 2021, had a significant injury, missed most mm -hmm. of that season. And since that injury, he just hasn't had that opportunity or found himself earning starting kind of role and significant snaps yet again. So if he wants to resurrect that career, it all begins right now at Chicago Bears training camp. So that's really the big question for Michael, for me. What about Terrell Smith, a former, you know, the fifth round pick? You know, can he show that he's picking up the defense? Can he show he's able to contribute on special teams? Those are the two, you know, easier questions. But how about you? Do you have anything more specific? Yeah, can he just show that he's healthy? We didn't get to see a lot of um, mm. Terrell Smith during mini camp or OTAs. So when training camp's here throughout the season, can he just be on the field and show what he's capable of doing? I like it. Tyreek Stevenson here's up next. And for me, for Tyreek Stevenson in this training camp, I want to find out, can he really separate himself for the starting role? He's the obvious Clear-cut favorite after being drafted in the second round. The Bears are very high on him. I believe in his talent. But I want to see him in this training camp play leaps and bounds ahead of the guys like Kendall Vildor, Josh Blackwell, and Jalen Jones. I don't want it to be close. I don't want it to be a few weeks in the camp and being like, you know, Stevenson, he's he's fine, and but he doesn't like look that much different than some of the other guys. I want him to prove it leaps and bounds that he should be out there starting. I really like that, Will. For me, it's how does he rebound? When he gets beat, look, there are some capable wide receivers on this Bears roster. When they have the joint practices with the Colts, there's going to be times where Tyreek Stevenson gets beat. But how does he rebound that next rep, that next series and show that, you know, even though he's a rookie, you can count on him to to have his best play the next play. So that's going to be something I'm watching for with Tyreek Stevenson. 
Hey, Nick, you know the the animal with the the shortest memory, right? I sure do. It's from up. Oh. Wrong way. Little goldfish. Yep. That's right. So he needs to be a goldfish out there as a rookie. Goldfish. Love, Love it. it. What about what about Greg Str- Stroman, Nick? Ah, Greg Stroman, I, I guess, like, how do you compete? And I think this is fine. Oh, no, we have a couple more. We have a lot more DB. Sorry. Well, looking at the list here, how does he compete and just, you know, make himself known in a crowded room for a guy that's going to play mostly on third, third string, second, maybe, maybe with second string, but like what what can you do to separate yourself to be on the back end of like probably special teams is for Greg yep. Stroman. That's exactly where I was at. Does he show any special teams value? Because there's a lot of young guys here in this room and it's all gonna come down to that third phase ability. Uh for me, AJ Thomas is up next. You know, someone that sat on the Bears practice squad last year. Uh, again, like you sat on the practice squad. So for me coming in this training camp. I need you to show me, can you take that next step to become the roster? And just like with Greg Stroman, that's going to be special teams value. Can he do it? Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's, I think a lot of these guys on the back end, it's like, what mm-hmm. can you do on special teams? How can you retain information that coach Hightower is going to be like, you can't, you can't let that guy go. So same thing goes for AJ Thomas here. And we have Braylon Trahan, uh, physical and athletic undrafted free agent for the Bears. I just want to know, can he make a buzz? Uh, again, limited opportunities, but can he make some sort of buzz for himself? And whether it be earning a you know a bottom end roster spot, going to the Bears practice squad, or maybe auditioning for another team, what can he do to improve his stock and bolster his resume here in camp? Yeah, I think for me with him, it's like going full speed on special teams. If you see number, he's wearing 45 now, it could change later. Like, oh, he's running down on kickoffs. Like, okay, that's a guy that's hustling and, you know, getting in the right position. But just wanted to see if he can do that consistently throughout training camp. Kendall Vildor. Now, this is an interesting name heading into Bears camp this season. I think personally, if I was him, I would feel replaced. Uh, And like, you know, like Mm -hmm. feeling like the Bears have done something to move on from me. So, if I'm Kendall Vildor, what I want to see is can he prove to the coaches that he still belongs here in Chicago and belongs to be on the field and not on the bench? Uh, again, those are, I think, some tall orders for him in this training camp. But, I mean, he's more experienced than a lot of guys in that room. He has an opportunity, and it's up to him to seize it. Well, for me with Kendall Vildor, can he show that he is an experienced player, like you just said, but also can he show that he can limit the impactful explosive plays that, Mm -hmm. you know, are going to happen when he's being targeted. So if he can do a little bit of both of those things, then, you know, Kendall Vildor has a fighting chance here. He's not definitely outside looking in. He's with the rest of the group here, but if he can show that he's experienced and can limit the explosive plays, Kendall Vildor is going to be in a good position. I love this comment from Bushhawk. Our special team should be legit this year. Honestly, just we have so many players to talk about, but you're right. Like when you think about mm-hmm. the guys that should be in that third phase, I'm excited to see uh, what they are going to provide. All right, we have one more DB. Take a breath. Kendall it Williamson, a uh, very versatile player here for the Bears. He's good in run support uh, as a safety. Uh, he even played slot corner in college. And I think he has an exciting skill set that I'm I'm just intrigued to see how the Bears want to use him. Uh, on that defense, I know he'll have very limited reps, but where is he lining up and if can he make an impact? For me, can he just, uh, again, flash at some point? Because I, really throughout minicamp OTAs, well, didn't see a lot of Kendall Williamson. So at any point in training camp, whether it's on special teams or, you know, third string unit, can he just make a flash play like, oh, that's why the Bears, even though it's seventh round, drafted this guy? 
Phew, man, that's a that's a lot of players to get through so quickly. But I feel like, you know, we did the thing. And real quickly, I just see that comment uh, from Rob. Uh, you know, we we love Rob here. And he just said he's mm -hmm. having a tough day and he's glad to be here. And Rob, I don't know what's going on personally, but I'm looking forward to joining your show on Monday, by the way. And I hope Ooh. you enjoy uh, our episode. It's a rapid fire countdown to camp edition. You know what those are. So I uh, hope this episode helps, and uh, if you ever need to talk, hit me up in the DMs on Twitter, and I would be more than happy to be a you know lending ear over here for you. Yeah, love you, Rob. Hopefully, we see you at training camp one of these days. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's get into defensive line here. Real, and I say quick, although it's a another hefty room here. Do we need to take a break first? Uh, maybe we get the break, uh, get these ad reads in, and continue just hammering out these position groups and these players. Like, let's do it. All right, let's do it that way. I, I like the way you think. All right, so the first message I want to share is from Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO. Neil, we love our Pins and Aces gear. We get tons of compliments both on and off the course. And you know me, I'm not a great golfer. So if I'm out there on the course, I need to look good because I'm not going to play good. And I know they say you look good, play good. I don't think any amount of good, even pins and aces can't make me play any better. So that's just a testament of the lack of golf skills I have right now. But uh, what I love about them is that they're a family owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags. And then of course our favorite beer sleeve. It's that innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside of your golf bag to keep drinks cold for the entire round. It's a really cool product. And as you know, and I say it every time I do this read, I would need seven beers to, to make me have a good time out there on the course. So check out pinsandaces.com, use code CHGO and receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Like Will said, you definitely got to go check out Pins and Aces, but you also got to check out Goose Island because CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. You look at the beer roster, it's stacked like this Bears roster. And when you look at the ones right now, the Tropical Beer Hug, Dry Hopped Imperial IPA, 9.9% .9 alcohol. That's dangerously easy to drink. Got to go with that one. And right now, you can grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company is Chicago's beer. And also, all this off-season coverage, it's brought to you by ComEd Energy Efficiency Program, you guys. You can learn more at comed.com slash poweringbiz. All right, Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano, the CHGO Bears podcast. We are doing a rapid fire preview of Chicago Bears training camp, talking about every single player that will be suiting up for the Bears next week. We're moving over to the defensive line. And first up, Travis Bell. You know, Ryan Poles' favorite human, Nick, Travis mm -hmm. Bell. What do you got? I think for me, it's like, obviously, he's a day three draft pick. We all love the story. But can he show up on the football field, even in spurts throughout this training camp, to show that He's somebody that you can take the the attributes, the intangibles, and mold them into the player that, you know, is the reason why Ryan Poles thinks he's his favorite human. So just looking to see if we can see enough of those flash plays, plays throughout training camp. You know, a little bit of an undersized guy coming from a smaller school. So can he make a rather smooth transition? I don't expect mm -hmm. it to be easy for him. I don't expect it to be, like you said, like consistent, but like, can he give us flashes? Can he show us spurts? And if he's Ryan Poles' favorite human, I also want to kind of figure out why. And like, I know he told us, but I want to feel it myself. I want him, I want Bell to become my favorite human by the end of training camp. That's one of my goals here. Let's move over uh, to another newbie, Andrew Billings. 
I know I didn't go to mini camp, uh, but I just want to know how big this dude's going to look like in person. That's like the big one here for me. And just how much can he make this Bears offensive line just throw fits as he continues like to clog up those rushing lanes? Yeah, I was going to say how how he can make the running back's job a lot harder because he's mm-hmm. clogging up those lanes, Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson. But I want to see, again, how dominant maybe is a strong word, but I want to see how he's able to just affect the run game that the bears are going to try to implement in training camp. All right. Andrew Brown from one AB to another former fifth round pick Uh in 2018. The bears are his fifth team. So another kind of journeyman here. So can he show enough to stick around, maybe make this roster on the bottom end? Yeah, for me, I think it's going to be uh, for Andrew Brown looking at, you know, you looked at a guy almost that last season where the Bears had rotating defensive linemen. Can he fit mm-hmm. that type of role where he's there, but he's not the best option? But that's going to maybe be your best case to almost make this roster at this point, especially on the interior. All right. Hey, have a, this is a big name. Javon Dexter Sr. Man, I'm excited about this kid. I just want to know, like, how big of an impact uh, can he make out of the gate? How often can he get into the backfield and, you know, what not just get after quarterbacks, but make plays against the run. And uh, I know in minicamp, you guys were raving uh, about his effort. And I just want to see, like, how noticeable this hustle guy is. And if he is out there hustling. Like, you know, you know, the fans there in attendance are going to kind of get around that. So I'm excited about a lot here for Dexter. Yeah, for Javon Dexter, I'm just going to be watching his get off and his overall impact on collapsing or denting the pocket, like Matt Eberflus said in one of his uh, press conferences. So see if he can do that consistently, do it against Tevin Jenkins, Nate Davis. Those are going to be good competition for a guy like Javon Dexter. So see if he can do that consistently. Trevis Gibson, you know, our own in-house Marvel hero, Nick. Uh, I want to know, can he win his matchups, both one-on-one, 11-on-11? Does he seem like he's gaining confidence as they go throughout camp? Does he seem more comfortable in now year two of this position switch? It is a revert of what he played in college. I know that, but you, you go from, hey, you're down in the dirt guy to stand up for a couple of years. And like, hey, now put your hand back down in the dirt. It's just going to be those transitional periods. And last year was one of them. He didn't have the impact we saw two seasons ago. We're all hoping for a bounce back year. And it's all going to start here at this camp. Yeah, for me, can Travis or Travis? Sorry, Travis, Travis. <laughs> we had Travis <laughs> Bell, it. Travis Gibson. Can he look like an ascending player? Because last year it kind of went in the other direction. So in this training camp, Winning those one-on-one matchups, setting the edge, which the Bears did not do a good enough job with their edge players. Can he look like an ascending player by the end of training camp and hopefully going into the season? All right, we have Rasheem Green. Don't get confused by the Bear of almost a decade ago now already. Rasheem Green. Every time I see this Mm. name, like, is this a time machine? But it's an entirely different first name, just a letter off. But, uh, you know, he's a former third-round pick. He's only 26. He has five years' experience in the league. Uh, Last year, he had a higher pass rush win rate uh, as a Texan than any Bears defensive lineman did. We all know that was a very poor unit last year. So I'm just curious if he can prove to be a solid part of the rotation. Like, can he actually prove like to stick around? And if so, make an impact. Yeah, no, I think for Rasheem Green, like he has a really good opportunity. What can he do to set himself apart from a Travis Gibson, Dominic Robinson, who we'll get to in a little bit, and just show that he's got that veteran presence, but he can also be impactful. We saw Al-Qudi Muhammad last season. He was both those things, but he wasn't impactful. He was a veteran player that <laughs> didn't make an impact. So no. can Rasheem Green not be the next Al-Qudi Muhammad? Love that one. Oh, thanks for making me chuckle here. Let's go to Jalen <laughs> Harris, the undrafted free agent 
out of Arizona. Uh, his dad was a Chicago Bear, Sean Harris. I love always putting that one out. 8.66 uh, RAS score. He's six foot four, 257. So he's a little leaner. Um, so what I want to know is coming out of college, the big his assets were his speed and explosion. So can that become like a not like a secret weapon, but just a weapon of his that he can utilize to make a splash in camp and get a serious look uh, at maybe making the bottom end of this roster or the top end of the practice squad? Or is he just destined to go to the practice squad? I don't know. And that's what we're going to go to camp for to find out. Exactly. I think for me with Jalen Harris, just looking at how those physical attributes translate to the football field, can he show that bend and just things that maybe some other players aren't capable of doing and translate it to, to actual football moves? So that's going to be a big thing for me and uh, Jalen Harris. What about Jalen Holmes, Nick? Five years uh, from Ohio State. I think for me, it's like, again, a lot with these these lower end kind of veteran types of players like what can you do on this defensive line that's different from the other guy? And I think a big way that you can make an impact and it's not going to show up all the time is like how you impact and stop the run because the Bears are looking for any of those guys. And if Jalen Holmes can do that, maybe he has a shot for the practice squad or something very low end on this Bears uh, depth chart. Yeah, he signed with the Bears last October and was on the practice squad. Is there anything he can do to not be destined to return or even being supplanted and replaced on the practice squad? So it's interesting because can he fight to be more, but also you want to look at who's knocking on the door behind you and you Mm -hmm. don't want to get replaced here uh, if you are Holmes. All right, let's move on to Donovan Jeter, who was an undrafted free agent last year. Uh, He played one game for the Washington Commanders. I don't know much about him. I'm just curious, who are you and what do we have in you? Yeah, and, and obviously being at 6'3", 325, being on the interior of the defensive line, can you, again, hold your ground, make it difficult for these these offensive linemen, these running backs to get through their gaps, and then we'll learn a little bit more about Donovan Jeter. D. Anthony Jones is up next, and you know he earned that contract by impressing the Bears during rookie minicamp, and you don't really hear that all too often. And in college last season, he had, uh, sorry, last season, he had 52 pressures, which led college football. He had a 93.1 pass rush grade, which led all of PFF, by the way. So is he a diamond in the rough for the Bears? That's my big question heading into camp. Yeah, I like that a lot, uh, Will. He's got some of the stats from his you know, college accolades. How does that translate now in the NFL and actually getting more reps and just getting to get uh, your eyes in front of an NFL coaching staff for, again, uh, just to prove that you are capable of doing more in the NFL. So that's going to be the big thing for DeAnthony Jones. Yeah, he also had eight forced fumbles in college, which, you know, the Bears would love if he can find a way to to show that here in camp, too. Uh, let's go to Justin Jones. That's a big name that a lot of fans listening know about. Obviously, second year here in Chicago, the Bears have added a ton of talent around him, uh, even to challenge him, I, I think, for some snaps here. So how can he play at a higher level now in year two of this defense? I'm curious to see what that leadership role looks like because I can tell he's a respected presence in that locker room. And I want to see how that kind of is different from a year ago. And with those rookies now behind him, I want to see him play with like a, there's like a fire lip beneath him, honestly. Yeah. For me with Justin Jones, like what's next, we saw a little bit of him playing defensive end, the interior what's next for Justin Jones, who does have a lot of a leadership in this bears locker room. But like you said, there are some capable rookies that are looking to play the position that he plays. So what can he show in year two with the bears that shows that he can maybe be a guy that stays a little bit longer than his, what I think two year contract that he has. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's going to have to really show the Bears a lot of value because of all the investments they've made at this defensive line, especially with those draft picks. I look at the Bears thinking ahead, though. Uh, let's go to Terrell Lewis here. He had that strong minicamp, Nick. Can he keep it going in training camp? I think that's the big one. Yep, that's, that's a big question I had. He showed some good reps against Darnell Wright. Can he continue to do that with the pads on now in, in training camp? What about Zach with two C's Pickens? I always forget he has two C's, but for Zach Pickens, uh, I think a lot is being talked about with Javon Dexter and he's almost like the forgotten player, but I'm looking forward to seeing him at that three tech position along with also playing versatility at the one, but for him, like how does he dent this pocket too? a lot like Javon Dexter, but uh, how they can complement each other. I think is going to be the big thing for, for uh, Zach Pickens. As long as Zach Pickens and Javon Dexter don't become the Ego Ferguson and Will Sutton oh. draft picks that the Bears had, uh, you know, when they double dipped in defensive line last time, I'm happy. But yeah, how quickly can Pickens make his presence felt and not be? And you, I feel like you're peeking at my notes. The forgotten man here after Dexter too, because Pickens does not get a, a lot of attention. What about Dom Rob? Dominique Robinson, Nick. What's the big one? For me, I just need him to, to really show up for me uh, in this training camp. And when, again, like Travis Gibson, win those one-on-ones, show that he looks like a more mature player and knows the defensive line position a little bit better in year two of his NFL career. So that's what I want to see out of Dominic Robinson in training camp. I want to see more in his arsenal, more in that repertoire, winning some more of those matchups consistently. Uh, again, he all, all of his, anytime he touched the quarterback, it was week one of last year. And that was it. And Mm -hmm. so I want to see that change. And I know he was raw coming out, but it's a whole year has now passed. And I want to see him being polished up here uh, a little bit. Uh, Let's move on to the big one, though, for real. Demarcus Walker. I want to know, can he prove to be, and and I put in quotes in my notes, the guy here for that Bears defensive end room. Uh, I know he was a big free agent signing at the position. He's played primarily in that 3-4 defensive end now. So like going into the 4-3 defensive end, how does he look? I think for me, like with, with Demarcus Walker, how the Bears utilize him, I think it's going to be really different on a snap to snap and drive to drive basis. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where he's lined up at and how he does. He has a high motor. I'm really looking forward to seeing that unleashed in training camp. All right, let's take a breath. That was the defensive line room. DBs and defensive line; those are like the like almost the two biggest positional groups. And we started the show with them, so we have a couple that are going to break up. Here we have fullback, Nick. We got two of these guys to talk about. Kari Blazing game. What do you got for Kari? You know, for me, I, w- I want to see if they use him, utilize him more a little bit in the passing game. He's capable of it. He's a really athletic guy. I know he's physical, but I want to see in this training camp and Luke Getze, can you just give him a little swing pass? I want to see that from Kari Blazing game. There you go. I'm just curious how much we're going to see him out there with all the running mm-hmm. backs that the Bears have, actual running backs. And uh, how are they going to utilize it? Are they going to do some two back sets? It's just going to be interesting to see how much they want to have Blazing game out there, which leads to the other fullback, Robert Burns, uh, undrafted free agent fullback. He had an 8.79 Ross score. He averaged 5.1 yards per carry last season at UConn. He's 5'11", 253. Honestly, can he supplant Blazing game? I mean, it happened to him in Tennessee. It did. That's why he came to Chicago, because he lost his job to an undrafted free agent rookie fullback. History tends to repeat itself, not ish, you know wishing ill will, but it is a best man situation. Or maybe Robert Burns goes on the practice squad, but just saying it, it did happen at, at when he was a Titan. 
Yeah, I think for Robert Burns, I mean, when you see him in training or when I've seen him just in person, he's a physical looking dude. So I think for me, can we just see that translate and opening up lanes for these running backs? If you could show that and then show also your physicality on special teams, maybe there's a role for you. But again, the football, the fullback is not a uh, ascending position right now. It's more of a dying breed. Wow. We can talk about running backs too, but that's a whole nother big buzz true, thing going true. on around the league, but we're not going to open up that can of worms. Uh, let's move over to kicker here in Cairo Santos. For me, can you hit those extra points more consistently? Cause that was the big one last year. Honestly, if that's all that they had him working on, I can't, I'd be happy, but he has a little bit of pressure now underneath him, and I'm excited to see how he's going to handle that pressure. Yeah. And for Cairo Santos and our next guy is Andre Smith. Like can Cairo Santos completely sh- just separate himself from Andre Smith. And they both had a really good OTAs and mini camp, but that's going to be the big thing. Can he show that he's consistent and all the drills that the bears will put him in throughout this training camp and obviously throughout the season, but I just want to see how consistent he can be, especially like you said, on those extra points. All right. So let's move over to linebacker now. And this is going to be a fun group to talk about. Uh, there's a lot of big names here before we get to them though, the top three on my list, Nick, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't have anything underneath them. Michael, Michael Baker, Baskerville, Dylan Cole, and Kanoi Dang. Anything about them that like separate them from one another? Cause at least for me in my perspective, they're all in that same prove it boat. I think for me, Dylan Cole's the guy that is probably separates himself from those two guys just because of his special teams value. And then coming from the Tennessee Titans being in year seven, but he's a guy that lays some big hits on special teams, and he was out there getting some reps um, for the linebackers. So that's a, a key special teams contributor, Dylan Cole. So get to know his name as he's making and cracking some people on special teams. I am adding that to my nose right now and <laughs> done. All right, cool. Let's move over to Tremaine Edmonds. Man, I mean, he's going to be like the guy in this linebacking room. My big question is how quickly does he become the guy for this Bears defense, the quarterback uh, of this defense, getting the calls in, getting everyone lined up, and people actually you know, looking up to him, rallying around him. I mean, he is a young player with tons of experience at a very high level. And the other thing for Edmonds I want to just find out is, can he show the Bears that like the best is yet to come? Like they invested mm-hmm. in him and he's going to show them like, oh yeah, like what you saw, like I, I played really good in Buffalo. Like that's why I went to the Pro Bowl all those times. Like I'm a really good guy, but here I can be great. And that's what I want to see, that great step out of Edmonds. For me with Tremaine Edmonds, it, it is creating those turnovers because like you said, I think there's untapped potential mm-hmm. in what we've seen uh, in Tremaine Edmonds in Buffalo. And I think in this scheme, it's just more obviously what the Bears were looking for in terms of the physical stature and with Tremaine Edmonds being 6'5", 250. But I want to see those big plays being made. We saw that in OTAs. He picked off P.J. Walker and took it back for a, a pick six. So I want to see more of those things. And Is he capable of doing it? All right. And we got TJ Edwards. I'm just curious how he handles going over to the bears. His roles changing a little bit compared to what he played in Philadelphia. And last year his 159 tackles were the second most ever in Philadelphia Eagles history. And I want him to prove here in Chicago that that is because of him, not the system in Philadelphia and not the other players around him. I want him to prove to Bears fans and the coaches, like, yeah, I'm the guy that nearly got 160 tackles because I'm that damn good. I like that a lot, Will. It mine's very similar with TJ Edwards. Can he prove or how does he play now that he's on a Bears defense and not the Eagles stack defense with that defensive line? And, you know, being in a new position that he wasn't accustomed to last season, just again, how does he overall adapt to that? 
playing alongside uh, Tremaine Edmonds. I think that's going to be fun to watch as we see that unfold in training camp. And then we have Demarcus Gage. I want to see if he can make sure the Bears don't forget who he is. He was like one of my favorite players heading mm-hmm. in to last training camp, that XFL standout, one of like one of my favorite players heading in. Obviously didn't get that much of an opportunity. Someone named Jack Sanborn kind of stole that show. That's okay, but I just want to make sure for Gates that he's still playing with. I, I know he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder, and I want to see how large that chip is. No, I like that a lot, Will, so I'm going to leave you with Demarcus Gates. I'm going to just scoot on over to Jack Sanborn. How does he look, again, physically coming off the injury, but how does he also adapt to playing the strong the mm-hmm. Sam linebacker. I think that's going to be a big thing, but seeing how he was able to just go in and play the Mike backer, I, I feel pretty confident with how Jack Sanborn is going to translate to his new position. And on top of that, cause that's a good one. How does he look even better now with the, the guys around him? And I mm-hmm. think easily you can say he should, but will he? And I hope he does. I believe he will, but that's the big one here for me. Let's go over to Noah soul. Uh, I just want to know, can he challenge Sanborn for that Sam? And when he's out there getting reps on defense, do the Bears just use him as that Sam backer? Do they toy around with him on this defense? Maybe as an edge rusher. You saw him do it in college. I saw a few people already in the chat saying, I want to see him blitz. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. He he can do it. Like He has that skill set. So I'm excited to see what that role looks like for Soul on this defense. I couldn't have said it better myself there, Will. I think how the Bears utilize him, how much he can push Jack Sanborn for that Sam backer position, all are going to be fascinating questions to see You know how Sewell answers them throughout training camp. But he is an intriguing player, and obviously the Bears saw value in him drafting him in the fifth round. And then the last linebacker, Sterling Weatherford. I just want to see what kind of impression he makes here at this camp because really it's going to be his first time that Bears fans are going to get to see him because all of his buzz last year happened – close to me, Indianapolis at at their training camp and in their preseason. And he was like the top guy that they wanted to bring back to their practice squad. The Bears poached him, brought him on over. And I want to see what kind of impact he can make on the field. I think he'll be the backup will in terms of like where they're going to line him up. I want to see if that's true. And then also how impactful can he be on special teams? Because I think just with how crowded this room is, that's where he's going to make his ends meet. Yeah, for Sterling Weatherford, I just want to see, again, if he's healthy. I know he dealt with some concussion issues, Mm. so he wasn't able to really get on the field and show that athleticism even on special teams. So for me, like, what does a a healthy Sterling Weatherford do to the competition that's already in this room? That's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, and again, if you go back to see what he did in Indianapolis last preseason, he was like their Jack Sanborn. And so Mm -hmm. that gets me excited that he's here too. And maybe it's a long game for him, but we'll get there. All right. Long snapper, Patrick Scales. Here's my notes, Nick. Can he just remain the same awesome dude that he's always been? That's what I put. I love it. Can we see more celebrations where he's just going down on special <laughs> teams, just, you know, pumping his fists? I love seeing that from Patrick Scales, but no pressing big questions with him. All right. We're getting down here to the nitty gritty kind of. We're like halfway. Oh, breathe, breathe. I know. We're going to have to do this real quick. Let's take our final break, Nick, real quick before we get into uh the rest of this bears roster and for me uh you know i just want to know like you know as a you know cco fan like have you become like a diehard yet and if you haven't joined our diehard program like it's a really uh it's an amazing thing that you can do and i'm not gonna ask why you haven't yet it's understandable but it's like it's uh it's a great deal so if you go to allcshow.com slash diehard it gives you all the details but a few of my key favorite things uh, that i just love about the program is as soon as you sign up 
you get a code for a free shirt from Mercedes Shield Locker. You can use that any shirt uh, on the locker right away. And then every single year at renewal, you get another code for another free shirt. And it goes on and on and on. So it's a great way to just keep your merch fresh. You get all of our new latest designs and you don't have to spend an extra penny. Uh, you also get 20% off all your merch. So and if you want to buy extra shirts throughout the year, 20% off. Same thing with all of our events, uh, including the CHO Kickoff Classic at Cog Hill. It's August 25th at 9 a.m. 18 holes with a cart. You get an exclusive CHO and pins and aces polo for all players. Whole contest, giveaways and prizes, lunch, drinks, and a ceremony after the round. And diehards, that's why I mentioned it at the same time, get their 20% off discounts a great value and another reason why you should sign up to become a chgo diehard so two things one become a diehard then use your discount to join us for the chgo kickoff classic that's friday august 25th at cog hill golf course well i'm look really looking forward to that event and also dreading it at the same time because like you my golf game is horrendous but it's still <laughs> going to be a great time uh, what's also always a good time whenever you go check it out is FOCO. You can get fitted out in the best sports gear around hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and literally everything in between you guys. It's summertime. It's baseball season. And you can get your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, your polos, bags, everything you need for a game and set decorations. Even though we're not on set right now, FOCO has donated a few awesome pieces for our sets. And what you can do to go show them love is go to FOCO.com. Or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano, CHGO Bears podcast, rapid fire, Bears camp preview. It's time to talk about this offensive line. First up, Larry Borum. Nick, what is the big thing about Larry Borum in this camp? I think for, for Larry Borum, can he show that he belongs? that he can be that swing tackle position right now and be someone that can be on the move and make effective blocks and just translates to what Chris Morgan is looking for out of that position because he's he's the odd man looking out as of right now. That's exactly what I put. Does he show any swing tackle ability? And after that, I put in all caps, IDK. I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to have to find out. What about Jatir Carter? For me, it's just can he provide – uh, some sort of like reliability at the backup position on the inside. And that's what I want to see. Like, can you trust him uh, if someone went down to be uh, a guy to play some starter snaps? Yeah, Chitari Carter was at the O-line uh, event with Tevin Jenkins, Bracken Jones. Mm -hmm. um, that was shared by Carmi V. And for Chitari Carter, how much improvement can he show from year one to year two and be again, like you just mentioned, a, a, a hopefully a reliable backup in case something happens to one of the starters. And then we have Nate Davis, the big newcomer here for this Bears offensive line via free agency. There's another big newcomer we'll talk about here in a second. And I'm actually going to bring him up right now because my big thing for Nate Davis, A, can he stabilize the right side of the offensive line? And B, mm -hmm. how much can he help out rookie Darnell Wright? Because obviously being yeah. a right guard and a right tackle, you're going to have to have a great relationship. And I want to see the veteran Davis be a calming presence for Wright and someone that can help him out throughout training camp. You know, if you like, you know, miss the mark or whatever it needs to be, I want Davis to almost be like a second coach out there helping out this newcomer. I really like the word that you use there, Will, calming presence for, for Nate Davis. I want to see if he can provide that, but also he's really good out in space. I want to see when the Bears put him up to the second level. Go get Tremaine Edmonds. Mm. Go get TJ Edwards <laughs> and, and Jack Sanborn if you can. So that's going to be a tall task, but – Nate Davis was paid a good amount of money. Let's see if he can, you know, make that happen in training camp and obviously the season. Do you have anything for Kellen Deesh? 
Dice? Yeah, I think this is a guy that's also really competing for that swing tackle position. Mm-hmm. Can he show this Bears coaching staff that he belongs on the roster over Larry Borm? He fits more of the, the ability to be out in space and make those blocks and get those proper angles. So that's going to be the big thing that I'm going to be watching for with, with Kellen Deese. You got most of the, the second team reps at the starting left tackle and then was also a starter on, on the third team as well. So Kellen Deese, uh, just that swing tackle position. It's a big one here for the Bears this uh, this season. Uh, what about Dieter Iselin? Obviously, Dieter's been someone I feel like's been in this chat for years. Not him personally, but people talking about <laughs> him throughout the years. Can he stay healthy? I, I think that's a big one. Like, can he stay healthy? Uh, because I feel like the Bears believe they have something in him for him to stick around despite the injuries. And for some reason, like he does have like the affection of, of some people here in our chat. Yeah, no, Dieter's, uh, I think, somebody that, you know, fans like and also just interacting with him a couple times is a really good dude. But I think mm-hmm. for me, he was a backup center uh, with the second team. Then he shows the versatility at guard with the third team. Can he just be a consistent, you know, depth player for the Bears that they feel like they need to have just in case? He started some games last season because guys went down. So can he continue to just ascend whatever position he's playing on the interior? What about Robert Haskins? Good question, Will. Robert Haskins, um, don't have much on the Robert Haskins. You? All right, there we exactly. go. We'll, we'll just go with that because I'm in the same way. What about Gabriel uh, Hoy, uh, as, as we Oy. say? I think you've uh, mentioned him a couple times. Yeah, Gabriel Hoy. Uh, I think for me it's just physicality. Can we see that consistently show up in these training camp practices to make it uh, difficult for the Bears to let you go? But, I mean, it's, it's a tough – it's a crowded room and maybe – the practice squad is where he's destined to go if he does remain on the Bears. But physicality, can he bring that each and every day of practice? All right. We have this guy named Tevin Jenkins. You may have heard of him a couple of times throughout the years here. But I'm curious about how comfortable he looks throughout this position switch. Does he look fast? Does he look fluid? Does it look natural? Those are the big things right away. And I know the other secondary item for Tevin's always, I think, going to be his health. Yeah, it definitely is. I think with Tevin Jenkins playing in this new position, can we still see the physicality that he was known known for at Oklahoma State and just being able to drive people back? He has some pretty good competition with the rookies there. Obviously, Andrew Billings is going to be there at times too. So I just want to see how he competes with all those guys and if he just looks comfortable, like you said, at his new position. Braxton Jones, left tackle, year two leap. What's it look like? Does he win those matchups? How comfortable does he look as he, because I know last year, like, I mean, you're, you're asking the opinion of guys next to you and trying to gain all this feedback. And I still want him to get feedback and, and ask for feedback, but I want to see that happen less because he's more in control, more confident. He he's on assignment. So those are just a few things for Rex and Jones and just being that stable presence for Justin Fields on that blind side. I think the, the I want to see his anchor in this training camp, mm-hmm. seeing how physically, uh, you know, that's something that he wanted to work on this upcoming season and just seeing how how he holds up there and just to work on some of those things that obviously were, were hurting him in his rookie season. But just how much improvement has Braxton Jones made in his first offseason going into year two? All right, Doug Kramer. Uh, I know, I mean, the Bears drafted him and then he got hurt real quickly last year in training camp, took him out the entire season. Can you show Bears fans why the Bears invested a draft pick in him? I, I think to me, Looking at Kramer, that's the question that comes to mind. Yeah, no, I think with Doug Kramer, it's like obviously staying healthy. And when he does stay healthy, he's able to be on the football field. 
just again, showing the, I think the intangibles at the center position, showing that he could pick up things from the defense and, you know, be uh, almost like a calming force. Like we used earlier in the show, um, you know, with the second string, third string unit that he's going to be playing on. All right. Alex Leatherwood. And he's almost been here a, a year and I haven't seen him really since, uh, last training camp and i'm just curious like have the bears been able to develop him like at all does he have anything to give this team yeah can he stick around is like my biggest question because he's been moved from outside inside left right like there's been a lot of change with alex leatherwood and you know it just doesn't seem like he he's i guess sticking around for the for the bears and i think he was playing on the third string if i remember correctly so Alex Leatherwood, can you just stick around on this Bears team and make enough good impressions to, you know, have a, a shot or an opportunity on this roster? What about Josh Lug, Roy Mavatika, and Lorenz Metz? Well, we got two rookies and a player that's played one year in the NFL, and I couldn't really tell you much about any of those guys. Okay, that's fair. And that's, I think, again, it, it keeps it honest and also going into camp it just shows like if we don't know much it's okay if you don't know much about some of these guys and if we end up needing to talk about them more that's a really good thing here uh for the bears as we go throughout camp let's go to lucas patrick how does he handle being a backup does he push for a job whether that's center uh, i say left guard i'm not throwing any shade at tevin at all i believe in tevin i think he can hold down that job i'm just putting my my view through the lucas patrick eyes right now so i just want to preface that yeah, for Lucas Patrick, I mean, guy that was supposed to be your center and now is more of your backup depth piece, interior defense or interior offensive line depth. Uh, just how do you still make an impact? He's got a leadership role on this team. And, you know, how can he continue to show that even though he's not right now listed as a starter? I don't think he will end up being by the time training camp's over and time week one starts. And then we have Cody White here. Obviously, the big thing is how does that transition back to center look? Does it fit like a glove? Is it clunky? Man, it's been a while. And I remember early on in his career, those snap issues. We had so many podcasts, Nick, just talking about Cody White here, snap issues. And feels like a lifetime ago, but here we are yet again. So can he go back and keep that like a seamless transition uh, and also not reverting back to having those snap issues? Because those did cost the Bears a lot back then. They did. It throws off the timing. This offense is predicated on timing. But for Cody Whitehair, can he be that field general on offense to help this new offensive line get in the right spots? But communication is going to be key for Cody Whitehair. It's going to be tough to see that, I think, in training camp, but you'll definitely see it in games if they're, you know, open rushes coming at Justin Fields. So I think that's going to be big, just seeing the communication with Cody Whitehair and how it translates to the entire offensive line. All right. Darnell Wright. Limiting growing pains? Yeah, that's, that's going to be a big one. How he uh, moves in space, too. He's a big guy, but I know that's something that the Bears obviously like, Matt Eberflus likes. So seeing how he does that in training camp is going to be fun to watch. And I just want to know, how quickly can he prove that he is the stability the Bears needed at that right tackle position? That's mm -hmm. the other one for me for Darnell Wright. All right, that's offensive line. Another huge positional group uh, to watch for here at Bears camp. Moving over to punter real quickly, we have Ryan Anderson, and Trenton Gill. Is there any punting battle that we should be aware of here, Nick? Uh, I don't believe so, Will. I don't think you think there is. And I hopefully receive just more good things from Trenton Gill. Exactly. I want to see him continue to grow, uh, continue to help pin him inside the 20. And then also with the whole field goal situation, right, as the holder, this being a stable part of that too. And having an extra year of that experience should help him. He didn't do it 
anything incorrect that I can think off the top of my head, but uh, Gil, and I don't want to undersell his importance to this team, uh, but for time's sake, we're going to move on here to quarterback. And we have Tyson is up first, Tyson Begnay. Uh, he had a 901 RAS score. He's a strong arm, athletic dude. Can he show the Bears enough to give them, I guess, more interest in developing that Division II quarterback that had 159 career passing touchdowns? That's the yeah, Tyson, thing. Tyson Bajan is a very uh, intriguing guy. And can he push uh, Nathan Peterman anyway and make it difficult on this Bears coaching staff to keep him over a guy like Nathan Peterman? Um, but that's going to be something that, you know, I think Bears fans would welcome having a young mm -hmm. guy like you were just mentioning, but we'll see if it ends up happening. Yeah, here, let's do Nathan Peterman, too, at the same time. We can just knock both of these out. So, like, Nathan Peterman, like, does he prove himself worthy? Like, I think for the Bears, he would need to prove himself to be, like, a worthy mind that they want to keep in the quarterback's room, whether it be to help Justin Fields, like, you know, just kind of like, what, Tyler Bray uh, in a way here for the Bears, like, do they want to keep that Tyler Bray kind of guy who's in the in the locker room or do they want to go with Tyson and develop? And I think that's going to be their battle. And Tyson needs to show the Bears enough to warrant maybe losing someone with all that NFL experience that may not have the football IQ just yet at that level because it's worth developing him and having him in the wings. And that's my big question like when it comes to both of them. Yeah, very well said, Will. I think for, for Peterman, can he just prove his worth to this roster, right? And again, I think that's going to be big with trying to help Justin Fields on the sidelines when they're kind of looking over plays and things like that. But he needs to have a a, a, a in-depth, detailed mind that can be, again, transferable in, in any way to his quarterback's room. If he's not, then it's almost more worth it to go with the younger guy and Tyson Page and see what you got there. Exactly. All right, P.J. Walker. Uh, then we'll finish with numero uno at the position for me for pj walker does he just look the part of that quality backup that you know you can rely mm -hmm. on how does he look in this bears offense how's he building the chemistry with the guys around him and and again worst case if he has to go out there and play a game or two like can you trust him and i i believe in pj walker's skill set and ability i just want to see it out there on the field yeah for me with page pj walker when the second team offense goes out there does it also look like a fluid offense? Because we've mm -hmm. seen times with a backup, it's just discombobulated, even with the first team. But when the second unit goes out there and P.J. Walker is working with those guys, can you still get consistent and get production out of that unit? All right, Justin Fields. Oh, man, we can have a whole episode about this. Uh, so I don't know with how to even express it in a single line, but for me, does he have ownership of the offense and look totally in control more so than ever? Yeah, can we see the processing, the faster processing to really execute this offense the way that I think he thinks he can do it and get to that 4,000-yard mark that we mentioned at the top of the show? Running back, Tristan Ebner. Does, for me, Tristan Ebner, he has a long shot here of making this roster, but when he's out there and getting reps, and it won't be a lot, does he look more decisive? Last year, I felt like he was doing a lot of dancing around, didn't know where to go, and I just want to see him choose a gap and attack it. I think for me with Tristan Ebner, it's can you show that you can identify the rushing lane to be a good rusher, but also he has that passing component, that receiving component that he was known for in college. Can he show that to his coaching staff to keep him on this roster? All right, Deontay Foreman, what about you, Nick? Uh, can we see more of the explosive runs with this Bears offensive line than like what we saw in Carolina where he was, again, creating those consistently, but can he do that here with the Bears? I want to see if he gives me any thoughts of maybe he should be running back one. We keep saying committee, committee, committee. 
but like Foreman with all this experience and like you said, like his yards per carry average is high due to the explosive runs. Like, does he give me some thoughts of like, hmm, should he be the should he be the workhorse here? I love Khalil Herbert. I'm envisioning that's not the case, but that's like my challenge for Foreman this training camp. Let's go to Khalil Herbert now. Like, does he continue to shine, be that home run guy? And really, does he take a step forward? And just like Foreman, does he take that step up? to show me that he should take the bulk of the carries. I would love for that to be the case, uh, but it all has to pan out. Pass pro, pass pro, pass pro with Khalil <laughs> Herbert. Can I knew you were going to show say that. Yep. I, knew yep. I had to, it. had to. So can he show that he has gotten better in that area of his game? And if he does, then he will be RB1. So I think that's going to be, again, a, a very fun in the one-on-ones to watch the linebackers. Glad I, I left you plenty of meat on the bone there. What about Travis Homer, Nick? Travis Homer, he's got to show what I want to see can he be consistent in the passing game because he was a little inconsistent in OTA's mini camp and then all special teams. That's where he's kind of made known for himself with the Seahawks. So can he show that he's worth keeping over maybe like a trust in Abner at this point? Yeah, I, I keep, I put in my notes. I feel like he's the forgotten man in the room. So can he have show the bears and fans? He has that skill set worth keeping around. So very similar there. And then we got Roshan Johnson to close it out. I think for me as a rookie, who actually compared to other rookie running backs, I think his legs are even more fresh due to the fact that he was technically mm-hmm. the running back two there in Texas behind it, another, you know, a generational talent there. So we can't, you know, fault him for it, but can he give that offensive pop when he's out there and really provide a spark? He has those fresh legs and I think those can come to play early and often. And he's a powerful runner. And I want to see, can he just bulldoze some guys and really, again, uh, make a case that he should be a, have a serious role in this offense this season yeah like you said he's been he's been very vocal about i need to get the pads on to show you what i can really do mm-hmm. i see your boy boogie in the comments here we need updates you'll get updates about roshan johnson but also just he's going to be a special teams contributor too will so how he's yep. impacting that phase of the game and how many opportunities does he actually get on offense is going to be fun to watch all right let's move to the tight end chase allen he needs to show that he can become a tight end three on this roster and on drafted free agent last year, Iowa State, that I was high on. I thought it was a dark horse candidate to make that roster. He's still around. Uh, I want to see what kind of growth Chase Allen's able to provide. I know last year injuries were like a little finicky for him too. You know, uh, jokingly, I want to see what kind of Chase, uh, for Chase Allen, what kind of Super Smash Bros player he is. He's supposed to be a big guy in the Smash, so I'm curious to see if he can take me down. Probably not. But again, how how he can stand out uh, amongst a, a tight end room that does have some capable pass catchers, and that's what he's kind of known for. Can he make some plays like he did last training camp? Do you have anything for Steven Carlson? Uh, out of Princeton, not really, Will. So Steven Carlson... Have to, if we call C number 88 making plays, then you're you're making us uh, more informed of what you can do. All right. Now we got Cole Komet. I'm really curious with a there's a two pronged thing here. So you have DJ Moore. So with an with a bona fide wide receiver one, how does that help Cole Komet? What does his role change like? Because he was the leading receiver for the Bears last year. So how does that how does he take a back seat but also remain in the driver's seat if that makes sense because he still mm-hmm. needs to be that guy and then also going up against this new look bears defense and these new cover linebackers who are going to challenge him how does he look you know in those matchups in seven on seven and eleven on eleven yeah well i mean that's a big thing i'm watching for with cole Komet. how does he challenge these new linebackers and is able to create separation seam routes those corner routes over the middle of the field because 
He has really good competition, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Those are going to be fun matchups to watch. All right, what about Jake Tondis? Anything specific? Yeah, just how the Bears utilize him. He was a fullback at one point. Now he's back to tight end. So how do the Bears envision using a guy like Jake Tondis and you know, just be, again, a complimentary piece, also contribute on special teams? All right, Robert Tanyan, last tight end here to talk about today. I want to know, can he prove to be more than just a red zone threat? But also, can he prove that he is a red zone threat? I want to see both things be true here uh, throughout camp. Again, in 2020, in the entire league, Tanyan was fifth in the NFL with red zone touchdown receptions. And that's just not tight end. That's wide receiver, running back. That's all skill positions right there. Fifth in the league that season. I think he has it, so I want to see him show that, but also show he can do more than that. Yeah, for me with Robert Tanyan, obviously he had his career year a couple years back with Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay. Can he be, he doesn't have to be that version of himself if he is, that's fantastic, but how close can he be to, you know, where he had his career best with, you know, when Aaron Rodgers, MVP quarterbacks throwing the, the ball to him and things like that. But I think that's going to be key. And if he could just be also someone that in between the lines and not just in the red zone, like you were mentioning, that's going to be huge for his Bears offense that didn't have any other tight end outside of Cole Komet last season. All right. Believe it or not, Nick, we just have one final position to swiftly get through here. We have Chase Claypool first, which I know we had a super chat a while ago. We've been sitting on it for this specific segment. This comes from Zachary Hillborn. Love the show. How likely do you guys think Chase Chase Claypool gets 1,000 yards and at least five touchdowns this season? How about this? We'll help him out. We'll scale it 1 to 10. We can put a scale on it. How likely do we think it is? three to four three and a half three and a half are you more down on the yards or the touchdowns for chase claypool yards yards right i, I think the yards, yards. I, I just don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i you know i can almost envision this stat line for darnell mooney uh if mm. we're being completely honest here but for chase claypool i don't i think it's yeah around that four point probably like a four three or four this exact stat line i i would I would be ecstatic if it actually ended up happening. And he has had thousand yard seasons before, so I can't discredit that. Uh, I just don't know how the yards and the targets are all going to get divvied up this season. But again, if that ends up happening, no one's going to complain uh, whatsoever about that being the case. Uh, let's move. Oh, actually, that's that's just a super chat. What are your questions or thoughts about Chase Claypool entering this camp? I think, can he just be a consistent playmaker in this offense? We didn't see much of what he could do or what he was capable of last season coming in middle, you know, middle of the way of the season. So can he be a playmaker in training camp, win those one-on-ones, those jump balls? Is he capable of doing that? And if he is, maybe that super chat almost becomes more realistic, but we need to see it. Yeah, for me, it's does he become the wide receiver three? And now that he's had an entire offseason in Chicago and the Bears have known he's on this team now for – I'd say almost a year. It's like the nine months or so. What does his role, Chase Claypool's role, look like in Luke Getzey's offense? What has Getzey dialed up, cooked up to tap into Chase Claypool? Uh, hopefully something. Uh, I would love to see it. Uh, let's move on. Aaron Krukshank, undrafted free agent out of Rutgers. He's only five foot nine. I just want to know what's he all about. Yeah, what's he all about? Can he make some buzz in the one-on-ones and, you know, be the next training camp hero that everyone looks at? Wide receiver position is usually where you're going to find those training camp darlings. And can Aaron Kirkshank be that next guy? All right. Doris Fountain here. He hasn't done much in the league after being drafted. I think it was round five back in 2018. Uh, That was in Indianapolis. But does he have anything worth the Bears keeping? It is a big one for me when it comes to Fountain. 
Yeah, Darius found 6-1-2-10. He was open a couple of times throughout training camp, and he just didn't get the ball. So I want to see him get some more opportunities and get the ball actually thrown his way. And uh, he's someone that's been working out with Fields, too, along with some of the other wide receivers that we all know. But just to continue seeing him uh, just run good routes and hopefully get the ball thrown his way. All right, Bayless Jones Jr. I want to see if he can build off that positive momentum that we saw at the end of the season. And if the Bears want him to have another crack at punt returner, can he prove he could be counted in that role? No muff punts, please. Uh, that would be amazing for us. And I know a lot of people would say, like, you want to see that route tree develop. And I'm with you on it. But also, I think the type of player that Bayless Jones Jr. is and who the Bears expect him to be in this offense, he doesn't need the biggest route tree to be effective. I, I like that, but I do want to, you know, know highlight you and see how he's, you know, running these routes. I think that will create a little bit more versatility of what Luke Getzi could do with him. But when he is running those jet sweeps and running those go routes, how effective can Valus Jones Jr. be? Because he has a very niche role right now, but if he can improve that he's shown that he's an improved route runner, I think there's more to his game that can be probably um, expanded here. All right, Darnell Mooney. I know we saw the video on our podcast last Friday, but in person, I want to see if he looks 100% coming off mm -hmm. of that injury and is able to become that wide receiver two that the Bears need him to be. And then also shifting back to that wide receiver two role, can he kind of pop off like we did the last time we had it? And I feel like having uh, DJ Moore next to him is just going to be uh, you know, a blessing for Darnell Mooney, and I want to see him take advantage of it with those, little, you know, those lesser matchups. Yeah, I think Darnell Moon, I want to watch the route running, the footwork. How does, you know, a little bit more mass affect his, his overall speed? If it, How does it make him better? Like, there's all these intriguing questions with Darnell Mooney with a different role, being the number two, that, you know, I'm really looking forward to watching. And Darnell Mooney's put a lot of work in. I'm really looking forward to seeing that come to fruition and be a big season for him now that he's got a guy like DJ Moore alongside him. I guess who's next? DJ Moore. Hey, what do you know? Alphabetical order is a beautiful thing. Um, how many times can he make the Bears DBs look silly and then laugh yep. about it when they're when they're rewatching the film? I kind of giggling. No, but I honestly, seriously, like how often can he and Fields put their chemistry? Now it's gonna be more public. So how can they put that chemistry on full display? Because if they do, that's gonna get the buzz, not just for DJ Moore, not just for D Justin Fields, but this entire football team on a national level is going to seriously start to rise if they start clicking in camp and we start reporting that. Okay. I, I like it. I, I think for DJ Moore, like how many big plays can this guy generate? And also how, where is he catching the ball on the field? Is it just sideline throws, deep throws in the middle of the field? Like how are the bears going to utilize a guy that you, the chemistry is already there with him and Justin Fields. So I'm really looking forward to watching that happen. All right, we have Dante Pettis. Uh, obviously, he needs to prove enough value on special teams and as a wide receiver five to make this roster uh, over guys like EQ. And when we talked about this a few episodes ago, but about his chemistry with Justin and those broken plays, I mean, I think that's a real tangible thing that we saw last season. We saw minicamp. Can he still display that? Because if Pettis wants to make this team, I think his easiest path to do so is to prove like, hey, I have something special with Justin. We have like a connection here. And even if he's a guy that's not playing a lot of snaps, but has to go out there in certain situations or goes on a practice squad and gets elevated up, he's a guy you can rely on because he and Justin have that chemistry. So that's what I want to see out of Pettis. Yeah, I think for Dante Pettis, can he continue to show what he's already showing in OTA's minicamp, the great route running and catching the football, but also as a punt returner, like he is the best option at that position. 
if he does that, I mean, for Bayless Jones Jr., that makes things a little bit more difficult. So looking forward to seeing what Dante Pettis can do in this training camp. All right. What about uh, Tyreek Pitts here? He's a 4 3 7 40 guy. He has some speed. Undrafted free agent out of Delaware. Uh, for me, it's one of those show me what you got kind of players to see if you're worthy of sticking around here on the practice squad. Yeah, I think for me with uh, Thyric Pitts, he was a guy that I highlighted and one of our shows last time. Well, mm-hmm. uh, again, he was he wins with his physicality, his size. Can he show that in, in training camp and use that big body to his advantage? And if not, how else can he win? And if he can't show that, then there's probably not a spot for him on this team. There we go. Let's blend the two. He has speed and size. How can he leverage both of those? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, four three seven is for a guy of his size is really fast. So yeah. I'd love to see uh, how that all shakes out. What about Joe Reed? Anything? I mean, he's just been like a, a return guy. I just want to see if there's anything more there. But I, I just think he's he's here for camp. Yeah, it's uh, too bad I didn't say Jaden Reed, right? Uh, the Michigan <laughs> State, right? Uh, no, but uh, for, for Joe Reed. Uh, again, how do you stand out in a crowded wide receiver room is going to you know, be something that if he his name number 80 pops up, we'll know exactly why. And we'll see if he can make stacks and plays back to back. All right, Tyler Scott, I want to see how the Bears plan on leveraging his speed, his skill set. And honestly, if he can start to prove he doesn't have to prove it completely in camp because I don't want you know, to expose our cards, but can he prove to be a, maybe a sneaky ace up of our sleeve here in Chicago? I think that would be great if so. I think for Tyler Scott, just seeing how he adapts to his offense, it's something that takes a little time to get used to, but you know, how he's being utilized. Obviously we know he can, he has great speed vertical route, but what else is Tyler Scott capable of doing? All right. EQ. I'm curious to see now. I mean, the whole room has shifted uh, since the last time he stepped foot on the field. So What's his involvement level? Is he clicking with fields now that Justin has other weapons? Because last training camp, I we saw him going to EQ a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be the case this year. So how different is that when he gets those opportunities? Can he, you know, win those routes, gain separation, have consistent hands? He needs to show all of this. And I know we talked about it, may have been last week, may have been two weeks ago, about where does he fit if he doesn't have a lot of special teams value? And I, I don't know if that's going to change or not. I don't expect it to, but camp would be a time to at least get a look at it. Yeah, for EQ, someone who doesn't really contribute on special teams, how else are you going to stand out amongst the, a crowded wide receiver room? Obviously, you know, not the greatest season last year, but it was a good blocker. You need to also be a threat uh, just as a, a receiver. And if he could show that, then, you know, maybe the Bears push to have seven guys instead of six. But it's going uh, to be a good competition throughout all of training camp. Last but not least, Nasimba Webster. Uh, obviously, he's a, a punt return or a kick return and punt return kind of guy. Now, a few years in the league, I don't want to know if he gets any opportunities on offense, if he can showcase that he has grown uh, as a receiver and he's not just a return specialist. But that's really all I got on Webster. Uh, how does he continue to stay on this team? I feel like Nasimba mm-hmm. Webster, he's just, he's always on the team. And, I know. And is, his, and is his number going to change? Like, dude's number is always changing every single season. But Nasimba <laughs> Webster, how, how are you sticking on this roster? Maybe he's changing his number. And it's like, you can't get me if you don't know where what number I am. But there you go. Webster, always staying on the roster. He sure is. He's a chameleon uh, without a doubt here. <laughs> All right. So that does it, by the way. That was 90 players. That's a lot of talking. Please give us a like uh, if you enjoyed this quick rapid preview. Uh, we did have one more super chat come in about Chase Claypool, and that's probably a better way to end the show than Webster talk. 
Uh, so we can throw that here on the screen from Monsi. Uh, it says, hot take, I have Claypool having a better season than Darnell Mooney. Um, and then he says, also, nickname your top... No, so also, Nick, name your top five Jordan silhouettes. Thanks for the content, guys. Uh, I know I can, it can be hard during the dog days of summer. Aren't you right? For sure. Uh, hey, that would be quite the, the hot take, though, for Claypool yes. to have a better season. And, hey, uh, you know, I hope Clay, Claypool has a great season uh, in 2023. Uh, to name my top five Jordan silhouettes, I mean, I got to go Jordan one. I like the fours. Uh, the threes, I don't have a pair, but I do like them as well. Um, I don't even know if I can give you a top five, but uh, all I know is that they are expensive and it's a very expensive hobby and I need to stop. And I'm, I'm actually stopping. I have to stop. No more. Those are the ones that are going to show up there and that's it. I, I actually felt like the disdain in your voice when you told yourself you have to stop. So I It hurts. You. I, I, you know what I tell myself? I'm like, I can get those, just not right now. It's hmm. when I do that, maybe, you know, maybe I'll get some more. <laughs> Love it. Nick, great, great stuff here uh, throughout this show. It was uh, an entire summer's worth of content really jam packed into, oh boy, that's what, 80 minutes, give or take, just under 80 minutes. Good, good work. Yeah, no, it was a lot there. Uh, Steven on the back end, thank you so yes. much for staying with us for the entire time and, you know, keeping the show running and rolling here. And, uh, hopefully you guys feel more prepared and just ready for training camp. I cannot wait for next week. It's finally going to be here and you know, it's going to be bears practices. We're going to be covering. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think this is probably our last, like, you know, audible throwback show for a little bit, just with the training camp schedule. If I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And you know, we always ended off on a bang and it's probably the longest episode we've had in a while and that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to seeing you at training camp. Still got to figure out what dates I'm going to make it up there this year, but hopefully it's plenty because everyone listening knows I love me. Uh, some Chicago Bears training camp camp content and really just being there. It's still, even though I, I get the credential now, like I, in my mind, I'm still watching it as a fan. Always have, always will. And that's just what, uh, it's just what I do. But yeah, I don't know the next time I'll talk to you, but I know Nick and everyone will see you bright and early next week. So we'll all see you then. But until next time, bear down Chicago.